And so it's just understanding that we have the ability to change our life, but it means that we're going to have to make some bold moves in our life. And we're going to have to feel uncomfortable because we have social scripts that have been handed down to us that say, this is not how women today are supposed to navigate the world. Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? Between walking those 10,000 steps, hydrating, making plant-based meals for our family, Pinterest-worthy lunches for our kids, spectacular date nights for our husband, and let's not forget, climbing that corporate ladder, we're asked to do these things each and every day. So much so that often it feels like we are trying to balance on the high wire of life. So welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast, hosted by me, Rosanna Brary. I'm an immigration lawyer, a mother to a teenage son, a wife, and an entrepreneur who truly believes that working women can have it all. Join me as I interview other high-achieving women, and together, let's learn about the skills and the fortitude that we need to create the happy, prosperous, and balanced life we so richly deserve. Hi, Wire Women. Are you happy? I don't know. I can't imagine a whole bunch of people raising their hands saying, I'm so happy. I don't know. The last time you asked someone, how are you doing? I'm sure no one has ever said, I'm so happy. Well, today we're going to change that. I have a really special guest, Kim Strobel. Kim is a happiness coach. This is who we need in our lives right now. Tough stuff. This pandemic has been really hard. Remote school's hard. Kids are back in school, but now there's COVID quarantines and another variant. And, and we really need to focus on being happy. So Kim Strobel is a leadership and happiness coach. And she helps businesses and organizations prioritize their health and well-being so they can reach new levels in their personal and professional lives. She's a nationally recognized speaker and a happiness coach, and she empowers others to take control of their health, wellness, and happiness. I love this part. When she's not rescuing dogs or downing a McDonald's Diet Coke, very specific, Kim's contagious high-energy style has a unique ability to embolden her audiences. She's motivational, inspirational, and always approachable. Kim's real talk attitude is a refreshing approach that authentically connects with hearts and humans everywhere. Kim, welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast. Oh, thank you. It's my honor. And I'm, I'm kind of giggling here because you and I can see one another. And I see that you have this handsome son on your desk behind you. And I have my <laughs> handsome son behind me. And I'm just laughing because I know how mamas are with their sons. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyone that knows me knows about my son. There's no guesswork about what matters to me and who is number one. It's the guy Absolutely. behind my shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This is a great topic though. And I think this is something that, you know, is important. And sometimes before I'm, you know, getting ready to take the stage to 4,000 people in the crowd, they will introduce me as a happiness coach. And I sometimes cringe a little. And I think, you know, like 80% of the people are going to hate me before I even come out behind the curtain because there's this misconception that I'm like sunshine, butterflies and sprinkles. And that's not the case. I'm, I'm a happiness coach because I've studied it for 20 years and I've studied it for 20 years because of my own darkness and my own trauma and my own challenges in my life. And I still have those struggles, still have times of darkness and adversity. But what I do know is that when I go into the gutter, I don't stay there as long anymore, that I kind of have a set of skills that are a part of my everyday life. And so I'm excited to share that with your audience today. Awesome. So, so tell me why we wind up in the gutter so often. There's obvious reasons, right? Life happens, yeah. but it's hard. Working women, 
it's hard. We have this demanding jobs, high professionals, climbing that corporate ladder, wanting to accomplish all these things. And then we have kids and we want them to be good human beings and do their homework. And I think it's really easy for women to be buried by unhappiness. So tell us about the gutter. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I kind of feel really ring true is that as women, we're expected to have full-time careers now. It's, you know, 2021, we're expected to have full-time careers, but we're also expected to raise our children as if we don't have full-time careers because 40, 30, 40, 50 years ago, women raised the children, they did the household task, they did the shopping, they did the cooking, they did the cleaning, they did the purging of the closets, they did all the invisible tasks. And now it's 2021 or 2022, And we are full-fledged in the workforce. And not only that, but we have these deep desires to be high-achieving women. It's a part of our soul and our passion. But we're still kind of carrying the weight of all of the responsibilities. And then I think, you know, we're also expected to raise our children as if we don't have full-time careers. And I mean, I'm in a relationship with a wonderful husband who does a lot, but he does a lot because after 20 some years, we've had a thousand conversations that this is not just my responsibility. And, and, you know, we have, we have a right to ask for those things. And so I still think it's hard because we feel guilty and no matter what, I know the research, I know that I need to ask my husband for things, but as a mother, I still feel guilty if I'm not the one taking care of the most, most of the things. And so I've got to work with that. Right. Right. And so I think as women, it's like, we want to function in this space of like high energy and we're just knocking it out. But then we're over here feeling guilty too, because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as a mother because my friend Trish is a stay-at-home mom who's completely present with her children all the time. And I have a career. It's these social scripts that have inadvertently been passed down to us from generations of women before us who have said this is the way you're supposed to navigate life. And so what I found is as a mother myself is I know what I need to be my best. And I need to be chasing my big damn dreams like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I need to be the mother that I naturally know that I am to my son, Spencer. But that might look different than the mother that my friend Trish is. Yeah, and it's interesting. I always compare myself to my mom. My mom was a full-time mom starting when I was in third grade. She worked full-time outside of the home. She cleaned at a nursing home, had a backbreaking job, cleaning toilets all day, would come home, take care of us, cook dinner, clean the house. You know, she cooked a lot because she had to. So in my mind, I'm always like, oh, I should cook. I should cook. That's what my mom would do. She passed away almost 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm like, that's what I should do. So the other day, I stopped myself in my tracks and said, my mother would love the option of DoorDash. She would love that. She only did that because we couldn't afford it and it didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like even my son, you know, he's 21, he's in college, he was home this weekend and it's kind of been the standing joke. I mean, I just wasn't a great cook nor did I have an interest in cooking. And so he was just joking this weekend. He's like, yeah, mom, there's like really only like one dish that you ever made that was decent. Like, <laughs> and instead of like feeling bad about that, I, I'm like, you're right. Like, this is your mama. Like your mama can love you so well, but like cooking wasn't her thing. And understanding that he has a sense of humor about it. And I have right. a sense of humor about it's like really freeing. 
It's yeah. Like, and I say, you know, so what that I'm not a great cook. So what yeah. that I don't enjoy it. I'm really good at other things that yeah, I like. As in working women, I hire a lot of stuff out. I mean, I have a house cleaner that comes every single week. I would like to hire a chef right now. I do kind of like a DoorDash thing where these yeah. meals come to my house. I feel zero guilt about that. I believe in passing off the things that free me up in my spirit to do the things that it most loves to do. And so we have to kind of break that cycle of saying like, we're all supposed to fit in this box. And these are the kinds of mothers we're supposed to be. These are the partners and wives we're supposed to be. And instead allow who we are in our innermost being to show up and celebrate who we are, our gifts and the things that we're not so good at and understanding that that's okay. So where are women right now in terms of happiness? I mean, have you seen a big shift because of COVID and the pandemic? I mean, I'm sure things look differently now than they did two years ago. I think so. But honestly, I think that women, we're afraid to say that we're unhappy, but I feel like most of us are like on the the hamster wheel of life. And so I ran into a woman not too long ago and she was just explaining to me, she said, Kim, I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old healthy little girls. I have a wonderful husband. We have a nice little home. Uh, We both have jobs. And then she started to cry. And she said, I think something is wrong with me. I'm just not happy. And I said, well, tell me more about that. And she said, I get up at five every day and I pack the girls' backpacks and I, you know, grab a pop tart and I throw them in the van and I take them to the the sitter and, and out they go. And I go to work. And then on my lunch, I'm paying bills and I'm doing grocery shopping. And then I get home and I start preparing the meal and I get the girls and you know, my husband comes home and she's like, it's just the same every day. And I go to bed at nine and like, there's nothing left of me. And I said, Madeline, when's the last time you did something for yourself? And she said, I didn't know I was allowed to. And I said, Madeline, in all reality, I want you to spend time, find time to yourself every single day. You as a woman are more than a mother and you're more than a wife. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to just say, I have to suck this up and do this for the next 18 years. And so the, the less that we honor ourselves the more unhappy we become. And I'm happy to give you the happiness research. If you want to hear about that, it's not just to women, but it's very eye-opening and understanding what contributes to our happiness. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the reader's digest version of what contributes to our happiness. We need to know this. We do. So we all have what's called a set baseline happiness level. So maybe my set baseline level is here and maybe Rosanna, yours is a little bit higher than mine which means something good happens in our life. We get a new job, we make more money, we go shopping for the day, something great happens in our kid's life. We hit a new milestone and our happiness level goes up for a period of time. And then it always goes right back to baseline. So it might take two days to go back to baseline. It might take two weeks, it might take two months. But what we know is that we get these little elevations of happiness in our life when good things happen. And then we always go back to baseline. Now, what's really interesting is the exact same is true for when we endure really hard things. And the brain research is very strong on this. And it says, look, as human beings, you can endure illness, you can endure loss, you can endure adversity, challenges, difficulty. And most of us, our brains will recalibrate to baseline after a certain amount of time. And if you're a little bit like me, you kind of might fight with the research like, okay, but I just think there are some things that could happen to me Mm -hmm. and I would never regain my happiness levels. Right. But then you look around and you see the evidence of people who do people who have endured the unimaginable and they go on to 
live joy-filled, meaning-filled lives. So then the next question people ask me is, okay, but where does my happiness level come from? Why is yours a certain level and mine's different? So if you think of your happiness as a pie chart, what we know is that 50% of your long-term happiness is genetic. It Mm. comes from your mom, your Mm. dad, or a mixture of both. And many times when I tell people this, they hang their heads and they think, I'm so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ouch. (laughs) There's a genetic tendency, right? I was born to a mother who is loving and wonderful, but she sees everything that's wrong and she just can't help it. And I was born to a father who is the opposite, right? So 50% Mm -hmm. is genetic. What's really even more interesting is that only about 10% of our long-term happiness comes from our external circumstances. Yeah. 10% of our happiness comes from external circumstances. Yeah. Think of all the things and all the, all the money we spend on those external things to make us happy. Think of that. Exactly. Right. How much money you make, what kind of home you live in, Yes. what kind of car you drive. Are you married, single, divorced, or widowed? Do you need to lose five pounds or 50 pounds? Believe it or not, that's an external circumstance. Right. But what we do is we say, Hey, when I reach this goal right here, I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. And then we're constantly disappointed. And so I always ask people, and and we all do it, me included, but what's an external circumstance that is currently eating up more than 10% of the pie? Because then that's on you. That has to be our personal responsibility. And of course, Rosanna, if something happens and I don't know, your spouse decides to divorce you, you're going to go in the gutter and you're going to, it's going to steal more than your 10% for a while. But if a year from now, you're still over there pouting and saying, poor you, woe is me then I'm going to say, God, girl, we got to get your life. This is, you got to take responsibility for your life. And so that piece to me is, is very shocking. And then that leaves 40% of the pie chart left because if if 50% is genetic and 10% is our external circumstances, what I know from the research is that every human being has the ability to increase their happiness levels by up to 40%. And that has to do with your actions, your thoughts, and your behaviors. And those are the three things that I work really hard on with women is how do we change your thoughts, your actions and behaviors? Because when we can change that, we change your happiness and well-being levels. And when I change your happiness and well-being levels, I actually get to help you change every other area of your life. Wow. Wow. That's so significant. Yeah. Because, you know, we've been taught that the road to happiness is put your head to the grindstone, work really hard get good grades, go to college, get a really good degree, work even harder, prove your self-worth, get the promotion, climb the corporate ladder, get the nice home, get the great cars. And then when you've achieved all of that, you've arrived at happiness. And what we actually know is that that formula is completely backwards. That when I can get your brain to positive versus negative, neutral or stressed, I change your ability to have success in your life. Yeah. And the formula, that formula that you just rattled off, that might be one person's path to success, but certainly not one size fits all, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm not going to lie. Like I live in a big, beautiful home. Mm -hmm. We have nice vehicles. I have nothing wrong with a luxurious life. I enjoy luxury, but I also know that it's my daily happiness habits that are the very things that contribute to my experience of fulfillment in life and not necessarily that I'm parked in a 5,500 square foot home. Right. And I mean, all that stuff is 
like nice icing on the cake, right? But it's not everything. And I always think, oh, I'm I'm so blessed and I love our house and it's wonderful. But if I had to move somewhere half the size, I would be just as happy. You really would. Absolutely. And so we have to quit chasing the wrong things in life. Now, I'm not going to lie. Am I still chasing the multi-million dollar business? Of course I am. But I have some very deep reasons for why I want to make that right. goal, right? And so it's just understanding that we have the ability to change our life, but it means that we're going to have to make some bold moves in our life. And we're going to have to feel uncomfortable because we have social scripts that have been handed down to us that say, this is not how women today are supposed to navigate the world. Yeah. The scripts are outdated. They need to be ripped up and shredded and rewritten person by person, right? It's not a one size fits all the path to success, the path to happiness. I talk to entrepreneurs. I've been in the business community, legal community for a really long time. And there's no one way to do it, right? People take various paths all the time. Yeah. And and really, you know, I've done talks with people in the legal community because, oh my gosh, attorneys are the ones that are completely burnt out and thinking like, this is the only way to go now that I have this degree. Right. And of course, you know a lot about mm-hmm. that there's other ways to go about this and create a life that feels good as as an attorney, but doesn't mean that you're working 80 hours a week busting right. your butt for somebody else, right? And so I, I think that that is just really important is understanding that we have a right to claim our happiness and well-being. And, you know, I'm going to end with this, but sometimes I, I'm a very ambitious w- woman. And I think even my mom struggles a little bit with my ambition. And there have been times, I remember when my son was in high school and he'd pull in from basketball practice at 7.30 because he'd been, went to school, then went to ball practice. And and I would be here in my office because I was building my business. And I would think, oh my gosh, am I modeling to my son that you just work all the time? Mm -hmm. Now, when he pulled in the driveway, I shut it down and we had dinner and all that. And I remember one time he came in the door and I said, honey, I don't mean to model that you just work all the time. And I hope I'm not modeling the wrong things to you. I really love what I'm doing. And I know that when you pull in the driveway, you think, oh my gosh, my mom's still working. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and then he embraced me and he said, no, I've been raised with a mama who shows me that it's okay to chase my dreams. And I was like, okay, boy. Yeah. Okay. I got you, boy. I got you. Yeah. And that's what it is, right? It's knowing there's boundaries. It's okay to work hard. And, you know, our kids are watching. I mean, my son watches me all the time, but he also watches me have a really good time too going places and having fun. And I went out like two nights in a row with friends. And I said to him, am I going out too much? He's like, mom, are you crazy? You went out to dinner two nights in a row. Like it's fine, you know? And, but I needed his validation. I needed him to say that to me. (laughs) I know, I know because we are forging a new path for women. And sometimes it feels like we're on the Island of misfit toys, doesn't it? For sure. For sure. And my life is so different than my mom's, you know, she was blue collar, I'm white collar and, you know, but I still carry so much of her in my everyday life, but things have changed for the better. And she would be thrilled if she was here on earth, she would be like, you're so lucky. You don't have to make potato salad by hand. You're so lucky. You could just go buy a tub of it for $6, you know, and grill some burgers and you've got dinner, right? Amen to that. Like, I think we have to do this for the generations of women who came before us who did what they had to do to get us to where we are. It's like, sometimes I look back and I go, you weren't allowed 
to show up in this way. And I am right. So I'm doing this for the generations of women before me who I know are rooting for me for sure. So Kim, before we let you go, tell us what's coming up in your world in 2022. Yeah. So I'm actually hosting kind of like a goal setting workshop. It's called create massive momentum for 2022. And it's basically where you're going to spend two hours with me and we're going to really help you create a compelling and clear vision for what you want 2022 to look like and feel like. And so we're going to map out your goals. We're going to reset your mind and we're going to really kind of evaluate what I call the eight different areas of your life and how you can really set those big goals, but what needs to happen on the back end to make that a reality for you. So that's coming up. It's going to be January 5th. If you can't make it January 5th at six o'clock central standard time, we do the replay. You have access to it for 30 days, but it's really um, powerful. It's kind of like doing that subconscious work of how do I break those cycles of feeling like I'm not allowed to claim this really big life that I want to claim. And so it's, it's one of my favorite workshops that I do every year in January. Well, that's awesome. So hi, wire women, if you're interested in that, you don't have to do it on January 6th. If that doesn't work for you, you can have it for 30 days. Kimstrobel.com is the best place to find Kim. She does fascinating work. Listen, life is short. We know that as we get older, it gets shorter and shorter. You deserve to be happy. Stop feeling guilty. Get out of the gutter. Life is hard, but you deserve to be happy. And there are ways to do it and lean into someone like Kim who can show you the research and the science behind it and can transform your life. So Kim, thank you so much. This is so important for all the high wire women out there walking down that high wire, juggling 10 million things a day and always feeling badly about themselves. So thank yeah. you so much for being a ray of light and uh, showing us that happiness is possible. You're welcome. And like I always say, we've got to learn to give ourselves some grace along the way. Absolutely. All right, high wire woman, until next time, stay on that high wire. Thank you for listening to the High Wire Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or others, I hope you'll share it with a friend so together we can all stay on that high wire of life. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media at High Wire Woman for more information. Until next time, I'm Rosanna Berardi. Be sure to stay on that high wire of life.